I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome to this next episode of the Living Life Being Human podcast and I've got a wonderful guest today. We met via another Facebook and this is the first time we've seen each other face to face which I think is amazing this is Amanda Price is that how I say it right yeah yep hello hello a wonderful accent that I can listen to all day long I love it my my guttural Lancashire tone yeah not not up for that see I love yours girling about each other's accents it's great that's it and we connected sort of vicariously and then you answered a post that I put up this week and I just thought it was amazing anybody that knows me knows I have a fear of flying I kind of know where it comes from but I've still got it and you jumped on that and so open and nice said I went through that I can talk to you about this so I said right well come on let's do a podcast so just I'm going to give you the floor to just talk a little bit about who you are and we've just had a a five minute chat saying that you've got some wonderful things in the pipeline that you want this is the plan great plans in life yes hello my name's Amanda um, I'm 46. I don't know why I felt the need to tell people my age there, but what I was going to say is, oh no, it's fabulous. I think I've got a filter on this side. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> I've got one too, don't worry. <laughs> I think I do. So what I was going to say is for most of my life, I would say I had really bad anxiety. And I mean, right back as far as I can remember, like, you know, being a three-year-old child with anxiety. But the sad thing is back in those days, with the days of black and white, there wasn't really so much knowledge about anxiety. So no one figured it out and I couldn't explain what was going on. So when I was a child, I just used to call them my feelings, um, you know, because I didn't know what else to say. And I'd be like, oh, I've got my feelings again, you know, and yeah. then everyone around me would go, oh, God, she's got her feelings, you know, and then they'd go, oh, take cover. Because <laughs> no one knew what to do. So, and I mean, when I say I had things, I mean, I'm, I'm talking, you know, six months off school at a time with a wow. um, really cripplingly bad anxiety. So I just kind of went through life. That was my normal. And then when I got to, well, then I had a daughter, young, I might add. So I had her when I was 19. And I think what happens to many women is your hormones go absolutely do lally. Yeah. And I think looking back, I probably had a bit of postnatal depression, but whatever it was, it triggered what was called back then a breakdown. Yeah. So I had a really, really horrible um, time with anxiety then, and that triggered uh, agoraphobia. Wow. And I then spent the next sort of 15 years being agoraphobic. Oh, I mean, honestly, it was it was pretty horrific stuff. Uh, but just what you were saying about um, your fear of flying, even deep inside me, I knew, I knew that it was irrational, but I couldn't stop. Um, and then, so unfortunately, just for the viewers, where are you now? Oh well, this is the hilarious part. So, <laughs> yes. So let's just get this into context. So I've had a lifetime of anxiety, 
half a lifetime of agoraphobia and OCD, I might add, as well. I've had the whole shebang. Yeah. But in 2017, I don't know why 2017, but I think I just got myself to a point where I was like, right, I, I, this is just not happening anymore. And so I had done a lot of work. I'd done a lot of reading, a lot of self-work. Yeah. And I got to the point where I was like, right, I'm going to get me a holiday. And I was actually getting your um, incentive is your daughter yeah. um, moving yeah. to Spain. Yeah. My incentive at the time was I was going to be getting married. Wow. Some crazy person was going to take me on. And so I thought, you know what? It's so rubbish for Ian, my husband, yeah. to never be able to get a holiday abroad, you know, because he's chosen me. And likewise, not have a honeymoon and things like that. And I just thought, no, nah, we're not doing this anymore. And that's it. I got laser focused. And now I'm in Ibiza. Don't live here, obviously, but I'm, I'm on holiday. But that's how far I've come. So That's amazing. And that was the yes. message that you sent to me. Can we talk? I want to talk to you and tell you about certain things. And I'm mm. in Ibiza now. And yeah, I think it's amazing. And sometimes we do need that focus. You called it a laser mm. focus. If we get out of our own way, it's not that difficult. I know that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's difficult though. And, the, and you've got the same thoughts going round and round your head all the time and they just sabotage you every yeah. every turn, it feels like. Yeah. And it really is, it's about changing. Well, it's about changing so many things, your yeah. mindset, your behaviour, yeah. um, what you're surrounding yourself with as well. Yeah. I think that's super important. See, I, um, I talk a lot with, with clients about it. There's a term for it and I love it. It's called making shit up. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's called apophenia and it's something that our brain does. When we have a, a feeling of anxiety or stress or overwhelm, it gathers all this information in and groups it all together and says, that's what's making you anxious. Only none of it makes any sense. So mm -hmm. I know where my fear of flying comes from. I'd okay. met the love of my life in Africa when I was 17 and I could only stay out there for 18 months on a, a visa before I had to come back. So I was emotional. I mm. just left somebody I fell in love with. I was 17. I had to take a detour through Frankfurt. I was I crying hysterically on the fly. Next to a lovely chap who I slept on his shoulder in the end. I don't even oh. know what his name was, but he was really nice. That was what created my fear of flying. I flew two other times after that but my brain didn't recognize the okay flights all it focuses on is that negative one flight mm. and it was nothing to do with the plane it was because mm. I was an emotional wreck so I can That's kind of really work it out yeah. but yeah even literally talking about flying I can feel changes in my body so I, I get I know all this stuff but I get that anxious feeling just the same. So you're associating flying with those horrible feelings of yep. loss and yep. which is that behavior and making shit mm -hmm. up. But our brain does it to protect us. So it's literally gathered all this information, put it in a box, don't fly. That's mm -hmm. what'll keep you safe. So I'm chipping away at that. So tell me this: if you, for instance, if you just looked up in the sky and you saw a plane flying over, would you get a sen you know, would you get a sensation of, ooh, there's a plane, anything no, like that? There's a weird thing. I've rationalised it, and I do talk openly about all of this stuff. If they left the doors open, I'd be fine. 
I can get on a plane, I can get all the excitement, I can sit there and everything, but as soon as that door shuts and I can't get off, that's, oh, that's when just the anxiety me. starts. Yeah. That that was totally me. And I actually used to say that. I'd like, if only they could just fly it with the doors open yeah. because Or if I could fly the plane, that would be another oh. thing that I think would make me feel better. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, it's not ridiculous though. It's so not ridiculous, but you just it's it's about changing those couple of little thoughts a little bit um certainly uh, I need to explain as well in 2017 I actually went on a fear of flying course um now that was held but I think it was easy easy jet they were doing them um now I actually needed to do it a couple of times I might add because obviously I had a very complex case mine wasn't just fear of flying it was agoraphobia and lots of other things and claustrophobia and and lots of things so mine was much more difficult um but what I would say is anybody that has got like a technical fear of a plane you know they're like oh I'm scared it's gonna crash or da 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 my son's an aircraft technician all about planes sometimes that's not good as well well he doesn't really like flying either to be fair so (laughs) See, that's the thing because yeah I suppose it's like being a mechanic you think about all the things that can go wrong yeah. but what I thought was great is I had it explained to me how not exactly how a plane works but all the things that I used to think in my head might happen how yeah. they just can't happen you know they physically can't happen yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you a couple of things that really helped me so certainly that shutting the door thing oh god and I mean that can still get me at times you know where I still think oh god you know that's me I'm stuck in here but sometimes it's nice to think to yourself, well, it would be a lot worse if they didn't shut the door because we'd all get sucked out of the plane. <laughs> we kind of need that. That's keeping us safe and secure. Yeah. Um, and the biggest reason, well, I mean, obviously there must be a bit of claustrophobia going on there as well as you're being yep. shut in. Yeah. Yep. And, and just knowing that means you can start working on those little things. What I started to do is before I even went near a plane is I started getting in lifts because it's the same thing. Yeah. So I would even, even if I just did a floor or two, just to get me into that place where I had to surrender. I just had to go, right, well, I'm in this lift and I get stuck. I get stuck, but I will get out. Yeah. And that sort of, start putting yourself in situations where it's like, but not the same. Yeah. I was also doing it with trains because that was actually my starting point because I thought, well, they shut the door there and you can't just get off a train. You know, you have to wait to the next stop. So I would do a lot of things like that just to kind of start teaching myself how to deal with that feeling when I was in it without it being the big kahuna when I was on the plane. Yeah. If you see yeah, what I mean, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally. The, the other thing that somebody had said to me, which was fantastic, I think this was probably one of the people on the Fear of Flying course, but they'd said to me as well, you know, I used to worry about, oh, fall out the sky or something. And they'd said, you know, that's not going to happen. And what they would talk about is, if you were sitting in a car and you were going at speed and if you put your hand out the window and you feel this mass hitting your hand, you know, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. you feel the air hitting your hand. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's actually quite forceful. Yeah. And if you can imagine, it's like a big cushion. So when you're up in the air, the force of the air is holding you. It's almost like a big cushion in itself. So you've actually got this bed of air supporting you. And see the thought of that, that it's not just miles or nothing between yeah. me and the ground it's, I'm actually I've got quite a weighty cushion holding me up there that that really helped me as well yeah. um I think what you're saying though is it's it, the, because you've got these emotional connotations to flying you know that's 
such a traumatic experience that you had and now every time you think flying it it, it stirs up those feelings so that's quite that's quite tricky actually it's how to separate that from that um it's about trying to make flying fun I guess yeah yeah which you know my daughter moving out to Spain is going to be the big driver for this you know I've got a three-year-old grandson so going out there we've got loads of things planned it's only a choice Sunday to Thursday so we've kind of squeezed it in as soon as they said you didn't need to test going out and I'm double vaxxed and Uh all the paperwork that you've got to do now if I don't do it now I'm not going to do so the incentive is there and Mm -hmm. I am getting so much better at you know understanding and I talk a lot about being comfortable in the uncomfortable I know anxiety Mm -hmm. is not going to kill me I know Mm -hmm. I I get anxious and then I'm not anxious so I know all of this stuff so you know for me I think it's just I don't know I'm saying I think it's just I don't know what it is have you done a lot of flying um I flew no the last time Mm -hmm. I hadn't flown for 30 years I I, I lived in Australia when I was younger and I flew backwards and forwards to Africa so they were all really long flights that I did but then after that episode where I broke down in floods of tears I didn't fly for 30 years so up until I think it was five years ago um was Mm -hmm. my first flight again it was with family um and then we did a little hop over to Paris to Euro Disney again with my daughter and grandson so I've done some lovely flights mm-hmm. and they were okay I, yeah nothing I, bad happened but exactly, just don't like the way you felt yeah 100 mm-hmm. and you know I talk a lot about with clients you know if medication works then take medication I'm mm-hmm. not pro medication mm-hmm. or anti so mm-hmm. I take diazepam which is something the doctor said do it Mm-hmm. The thing I think that a lot of people do with medication, particularly for phobias, is they take it at the wrong time. Yes. The doctor said to me, take one the night before mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one the morning, because if you wait until you're anxious, the adrenaline flowing through counteracts the effects of the diazepam. So you're not going to get the benefit of it. So it, it gives me yeah. enough to take one the night before, one the morning. And last time I was absolutely fine. I couldn't even sit with family with me, my son. How old was my son? I think my youngest was probably about 12. He was sat at one end of the aeroplane. My then husband was sat at the back and I was in the middle. Big griefs. You weren't even up together. No, and I was fine. Probably because I was more concerned about my 12 year old, you know, and keeping an eye on what he was ordering from the trolley going backwards and forwards because we had to Absolutely. Be yeah. I was going to say, don't get ricked. It's it's weird. When I'm on it, I'm okay. It's it's the the thinking and the fear thoughts that happen before, before it. Yeah. Oh, when you're filling in all the gaps and you're seeing yeah. every terrible eventuality happening. Yeah. And yeah. that's a huge one. I mean, that definitely is. And um I remember reading a fantastic anxiety book many years ago by dr claire weeks i don't know if you've a lot of people yeah yeah Yeah, really loved her yeah and she used to call this hands off that lemon and it would be like you were squeezing this lemon you know and and just squeezing all this you know anxiety into yourself and she just said look stop you know try and stop 
playing these thoughts in your mind because they just yeah. don't help. They really don't help. Yeah. Which again, uh, you know, is one of the things that I say, our thoughts create our feelings 100% mm-hmm. of the time. If I'm feeling oh, anxious, uh-huh. I'm having anxious thoughts, that's it. Mm-hmm. So look upstream, challenge them. Exactly mm-hmm. like you say, that cushion of her, I'm going to take that with me next Sunday when I'm flying. Oh, and I will be really thinking of you me. and the cushion of air underneath me. Yeah. I'm telling you, it really, really helps. And I think also when you know how well checked out planes are, as I say, I think when you've got a technical fear, I think it's probably easier because once you realise how well they're checked out and yeah. how you know how much really can't go wrong, yeah. um, you feel much, much safer. It's much more difficult when your fear is actually like claustrophobia or, yeah. you know, it's, it's you're scared. Of, even with claustrophobia, though, because I was the same. And as I say, that moment, the door shut. I mean, oh, God. I mean, I used to see myself in my head running down the aisle to get off the plane at that moment because yeah. it was just a torture for me. But I realised when I broke it down, I'm not scared of the plane closing. I'm scared of having a panic attack in the plane. Yeah. And not being able to run out the plane and calm yeah. myself down. But yeah. actually, running out the plane and calming myself down from a panic attack, I'd still be having the panic attack. You know, getting out the plane, you need to learn how to have the panic attack in the plane yes. and how to diffuse it in the plane. So yeah. that you're not scared of having it in the plane. Yeah. And once you sort of get that point, then... Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the bloody door is shut. You know. Exactly, which I think you're probably really aware. It's the fear of the fear. It's yeah. not the actual fear that causes a lot of this. It's the fear That's of it. the fear that does it, which is That's even it. more ridiculous. But you know you're not scared of getting on that plane. You're scared of having a flight like you had all those years ago where yeah. you were just in bits. Yeah. You know, it was such an, a horribly emotional experience. And also because you were getting taken away from someone that you love, that's a horrible feeling of separation anxiety you're getting as well. Yeah. So, I mean, no wonder. Yeah. I have to say, long flights are really, really tough. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity for you doing these short ones. Because I imagine it's about two hours from where you are, two and a half hours? About two and a half hours. But I think it's actually half an hour to get up there and half an hour to get down. So you're actually only in the air for just over an hour. Absolutely. See, I enjoy that thought too. I always think, well, I'm not up there yet. It's about half an hour and then half an hour coming down. And And the other side of it, that feeling of going up, I love it. Oh, do you like? I, I love the going up and the coming down. The in between bit I find quite boring, but that yeah, feeling in your stomach—it's not that that triggers it. I I love that. It, yeah. So my my I, brain tells me things are okay, and then my body just reacts in a certain way to it, which is it's almost like a bit of like almost post-traumatic memory yeah, that you yeah, have. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think the fact you're so aware of it, I actually think you're going to be pretty clued up for how to... I think if anyone can get over this one, you can, that's for sure. Well, I'm Mm. going to give it a good go. And Mm. I think that's the thing is because I I can rationalise it and I do know where it comes from. And Mm. it's the two long flights because after that event going to Africa, I flew two other times to Africa and back and was fine. And yet my brain just hasn't registered those at all. I think just the fact that there was so much of a gap as well and, and that's another thing I would say to anybody that's struggling with flying is do it more often because yeah. otherwise every time you do it you're going to build it up massively in your mind whereas if you keep chipping away at it and I'll tell you why I, I can say this wholeheartedly you know I didn't just get on a plane to fly to Ibiza this took a lot of work but what I will say is between, obviously let's forget about the pandemic because I wasn't going anywhere for about 18 months, no yeah. one was. But in 
the period of sort of 2017 to now minus the pandemic I've done 96 flights <gasps> now I know shame I haven't got a I'm sure I'm not collecting points. I know, great. you don't do that anymore, do you? you? Don't, yeah, you don't. Or certainly not in this country. I think you get if you've got like an American Express or something, but no one uses them over here, they're too expensive. Yeah, but but what I would literally do is, I mean, I, I'm based in Glasgow, but what I would do at the start is I would like, what's the shortest flight? And it would be to Belfast or yeah. to Dublin. And that I would literally go over to the airport, have a cup of tea and come back home again. And that's what I was doing for weeks and months, building up and building up. And then I would start chipping away a bit further and I got to London. Then from London, I went to Jersey because Jersey was a big one for me because that was me going to an island. And seeing that same thought about the doors shutting, yeah, yeah. I felt that way about being in an island. Oh, I'm on an island and I can't get off. So it was all about taking the fears that you've got and, and and breaking them down into kind of more manageable steps yeah. and I think and then once you start having a few wee wins it's like dominoes the whole lot go that's exactly how it's going to be for you I, I guarantee it I can I can see it I can feel it intuitively as a woman but you're oh, the more yeah. times you get on these short flights you're just going to be like yeah do you know what I got see, this. I'm a big one for accountability as well which is why I put that post out there because I thought I'm going to share this with my tribe. You know, they, they know I talk openly about it. So it's not going to be a shock to them, you know, whatever I post up there, because I am really authentic with them. But I, I'm going to inundate Facebook literally for the whole week I'm out there. As soon as I set off to go to the airport while I'm flying everything, it's going to be out there. Because for me, you know, to feel the fear and do it anyway and to be able to show other people that it's doable mm -hmm. i can be anxious and okay at the same time you oh, know i absolutely. believe that we can't ever be anxiety free because life throws us curveballs so it's about being okay in a not okay place because it never lasts absolutely. i know no. it's not it's not going to last yeah but i think that's such a powerful thing that you're going to do because bringing people with you especially when you're showing that you're just human too you know yeah. you feel these things too people yeah. take a huge amount of comfort and reassurance from that and oh i was going to say something that's god hang on sorry um no 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 it's, <laughs> it's my my perimenopausal brain i'm sure yeah. um but no it's I don't know. No, it's really gone now. Yeah, no, no, I was, that's, I was talking to... about being accountable. That to me, and you know mm -hmm. what you were saying about doing shorter, shorter trips, and you know, giving yourself permission to not do that massive long haul flight. That flying is flying, whether it's a little flight or a long flight. The reality is, it's a flight. So, well, you know, Go on. No, no, no. I was, I'm listening. Sorry. I was going to say I'm often people put blocks in their own way. It was only a little flight, so it doesn't count. Well, yes, it does. You know, oh, I absolutely I have to take a diazepam. So what? You know, I'm one of these people that says if you need a crutch and it works for you, then don't beat yourself up over it. It's absolutely. about getting to the end goal. That's all that matters. This is my issue with the whole thing because I think. There is no one size fits all when it oh, comes no. to anxiety and yeah. dealing with fears holding you back and things like that. I mean, yeah. it's it's there should be no judgment for a start. If anyone's taking medication, great. If it works for you, brilliant. Likewise, if you don't want to take medication, that's fine too. You don't have to. Yeah. But it's got to be tailored to you. And and this is the thing um, with anxiety, or certainly how I feel now. I get really pissed off 
when people promise to cure it you know you see all these courses and yeah. these books you know and they're talking about oh we're going to cure your anxiety and you know 30 yeah. days or whatever and I mean it's such bullshit because you wouldn't say to someone I'm going to cure you of tiredness you know or I'm going to cure you of hunger yeah it's ridiculous it's yeah. a natural state you need you need anxiety believe it or not even though you don't like the feeling of it yeah but once you learn how to manage it and that's the thing yeah. and it's, it's all about managing it and, and whatever those steps are that works for you magic and, and it's finding those steps and sharing that's the thing what works for me and then what works for you and yeah. then that might then help someone else and I think that's what's really really powerful exactly. yeah because you know ultimately it's part of our fight and flight we need it you know what I say is kind of like we phone for an ambulance, you know, when we're having anxious thoughts, it's like we're phoning our fight and flight up and saying, I'm in danger. And then when anxiety shows up, we get pissed off that we're anxious. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? But when we know the system and how it works, it's there for a reason. I always talk about befriending anxiety because it's trying its best to prevent us. Yeah from putting it's ourselves at risk only try to keep you safe yeah. we're not putting ourselves at risk when we do certain things when we're anxious but you know trying to not be anxious keeps anxiety at the forefront of our mind all the time so it's defeating the object i used to try and think of my anxiety when it would just be kind of you know going in the background maybe for absolutely no reason and i would just think about it as being a car alarm and yeah. it was just my body's car alarm. And you know how sometimes in the middle of the night, you hear a car alarm going off for absolutely no reason. It's just yeah. going off. Yeah. And that's what I would start to think about my anxiety as being like, it's just, it's going off. Yeah. Faulty car alarm, you know, yeah. just try not to react. And Don't that, get scared of it. Yeah, that metaphor, I think, if we can find a metaphor that works for us, that makes yes. sense. You know, I... I was having a conversation with somebody and I, I was, I wasn't getting upset, but I was kind of, I've not hit the right thing for you. This is not that you're unfixable or anything. I've just not managed to find a way to explain it in a way that resonates with you. You know, these people that say, well, if you do this course, you will be fixed forever. And if oh. it doesn't work, well, it's your fault because you did it wrong or you didn't listen. And it's like, no, that's, oh. that's not at all. But you know, for me, it's about that friend that we all had at school that wasn't in the in crowd, but they just hung around anyway. And that's kind of like what anxiety is. They just oh. hang around when they're of no use to anybody half the time. But, you know, it, it's finding something that resonates. And exactly like you said, whether it's CBT or transactional analysis or NLP or meditation or yoga, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If it works for you, then run with it. Don't let anybody talk you out of trying anything. This is what I love about you as well, Jackie. You're not trying to say, look, look what I do, that's all you can try. And if this doesn't work, then you're unfixable because sadly, there's a lot of that out there. Mm. Um, and I know I certainly, God knows how many psychologists and therapists and whatnot I've been through over the years. And at the, at one point someone did say to me look I'm sorry there's nothing we can do you're just you're we can't you know you're never going to get over this you're never going to get better and for someone to tell me that the amount of despair wow. I mean I remember thinking well I don't want to be here anymore if, if, I, if this is what my life's going to be like and to have a sort of lifeline taken away like that where I felt like well god no one's ever going to be able to help me I'm never going to feel better I, I just want to die you know that that's kind of the point I got to 
And I think it's very irresponsible when these people do make out that if they can't help you, then no one can. It's absolute bollocks. I actually think there's never been a better time to have anxiety because obviously I was suffering from it really badly 20, 30 years ago and there just was nothing out there. Whereas now, even just all the things that you've just listed there, and I mean, there's a whole host of other things too. And then that's before you even take into account jumping on YouTube, doing some meditations, all these free mindful apps and all the distraction that you've got as well, just on your phone. I mean, I can remember when my anxiety was bad, going to bed at night would be torture, lying there in the dark. Yeah. Now you've got your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be doing a meditation and sleep. You know, it, it's it's yeah. incredible how much out there. And I would say that to anybody. Um, if you are having anxiety or you have anything where fear is holding you back in life, it doesn't have to be that way. No, There's no. so many things to try. And even if you think you've tried everything, I can guarantee you haven't. You haven't tried everything. Yeah. Well, I'd like to say you haven't tried the one thing that will work and there will be something will resonate with you. You know, I talk, yes. I, I'm it's transactional analysis is my background and I love it, but I'm not precious. You know, I've, I've done NLP, I've done Reiki, I've done all, loads of other stuff wow. in my toolbox and I will throw everything at somebody and if it sticks, brilliant. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But for me, it's the therapeutic relationship that is yes. over whatever modality it is. It doesn't matter. It's it's. I, I think that's why you're certain. so good, though, because you're real, you know, and people will very much relate to that. Um, well, I know people, I certainly. Some people don't. I'm a bit like well, Marmite. You know, they expect I, a certain professionalism. And when I drop the odd F-bomb, it can offend some people. But that's me. <laughs> meanwhile, people like me love that. And well, that's why you really resonated with me. Yeah. So. so so say a little bit about what your plans are. We touched on it before I pushed them yeah. in about where you're going, because I think it sounds amazing. You've got so much to offer people. You really have. You know, I think I had been... Well, so basically... About two and a half years ago, I set aside a domain and it was going to be for fuck the fear. But I then decided, well, first of all, it had been taken by someone on Instagram, but also I thought it might be a little bit offensive as well. So I toned it down a little and I set aside a domain for fix the fear. And what my plans were and still are, are to create a community, um, a very, very positive, uplifting one, almost like a hug for the terrified and basically try and provide what wasn't there that I needed at the time and I think sometimes the best people to help you in a situation are the ones that have been there themselves especially when they've worn as many t-shirts in that regard as I have yeah yeah and so that's my plan I want to um yeah just create this space um that lots of people that maybe just don't know what the hell's going on and, and demystify anxiety for them and not even just make it all about anxiety because sometimes I think that can um, not always be the best thing to be surrounding yourself with so I also think making this a very positive space and, and basically for anyone that has been held back by fear yeah. and the reason I say this is because even yesterday I made myself a little video um, just to remind me because I've had horrible body issues um, most of my life uh, and I've actually got good reason to I've got a condition called Ehlers-Danlos which is relatively rare but it's a connective tissue disorder so unfortunately it means that my skin doesn't behave the way a normal person's would 
So I'm kind of on an accelerated uh, journey to ageing, sadly. Wow. But it meant when my I had my daughter, um, all the sort of skin, you know, obviously you increase in size as you get pregnant, but all that skin didn't go away. So it's like your favourite jumper when it's been through the wash too many times. You know, that's my body. So I've got a lot of excess skin and sagging and things like that. So for me to walk along a beach and to have my body out would have just been unthinkable at one time. But yesterday I got my one piece on and I rocked it. I walked. I did. I walked down that beach and... Believe me, I was looking at all these 22-year-olds with their tight, perfect bodies. and But instead of thinking, oh, God, why can't I look like that? I just thought, yeah, do you know what? It's great you look like that. That's great. But I look like this. And what does it matter? I'm enjoying the sun, too. I'm enjoying the music. And I just thought, I'm not going to let things like this hold me back anymore. I've been held back enough in my life. And I think creating a place where like-minded people can just share those kind of views and, and empower each other and I think that's what I really want to do and I, I'll be there as soon as you launch <laughs> tell me because I will be in there being your cheerleader there's something oh, about our state of mind and you know that it, it, it does go through ebbs and flows and that's oh, okay and giving people permission to just be you Yes. The one thing I say an awful lot is, you know, I live my life by my rules. It's about me understanding where that comes from and why I do it. But if they're my rules, I can break them. I can make new rules. And it sounds exactly like you did. I'm going to walk down the beach in my one piece. And if you don't like it, don't look. But this is my rules and fair play. Well, that's it. I just thought, look, this is my body. This is my vehicle that I am taking. This is the thing that's allowing me to be in this beautiful life that I am in. You know, and rather than looking at my poor wee body and hating on it all the time, you know, why don't I start loving it and appreciating it? Doing that gives others permission to do the same thing. Well, it's, it doesn't matter what shape or condition you're in. It, it just doesn't matter because yeah. at the end of the day, you are, this is your little vehicle. It's the only one you've got. So you might as well look after it and be kind to it and love it. Yeah. And I just thought, at the end of the day, okay, I might not look like one of these 22-year-olds, but did it really matter? Because at the end of the day, the same sun was on my skin, the same sand was under my feet. I was still having the same experience. And what would it matter what someone else's opinion of my body was anyway? I don't want some bloody guy ogling me anyway, you know. So uh, we need to just get over ourselves. When you're saying that is, you know, I've I've I don't I don't like labels. I don't like giving myself or anybody else labels, mm-hmm. but you know, body confidence is not something that I've ever had. But even when I was 22 or 19 or 17 and had an okay body, I wasted it. (laughs) So I've got this thing in my head now that the age that I am, I'm in my middle 50, you know, it's it's, it's done its time as this body. But I don't want to be at 75 thinking, why did I not appreciate my body when it was 55? I'm going to literally milk it for all it's worth now girl you got a rocket because i'm telling you you're never going to be as good as you are today you're never going to be as young as you are today and as vibrant as you are today when i was 20 and 30 and i probably wouldn't have listened to them but you know they probably did and that's right we weren't listening yeah yeah. because now when i look back i think oh God, why did I not wear a bikini every day of my life? (laughs) But it's true, you don't think it at the time. And it's exactly the same now. We'll look back. I mean, God, 
even look when you look back to pictures of yourself five years ago you think oh my god I looked great and I thought yeah. I looked terrible so yeah. it's we got to just get, yeah. do away with all that crap and it is it's just yeah. all absolute crap and, that and just that you're talking about in the group that you you're gonna set up it's okay mm-hmm. I did it when I was starting all my stuff around anxiety I went in a lot of groups about anxiety and I felt so anxious and I'm like, this is not working. Uh, In fact, when know, I do it, it's not going to be people talking about anxiety all the time. Yes, there's space for people to offload and to get support, but we've got to be positive. There's, you know, we're not anxious 24 hours a day. It peaks you know, and yeah you've hit the nail on the head because over the last couple of years while I've been kind of I think I had huge imposter syndrome about setting this up because (laughs) well I realize now because in the last sort of two three years what I was doing was I was jumping into forums and you know some poor wee soul you know would just be breaking their heart in there and I would just like dm them and just say look can I help you in any way and then we would message backwards and forwards and I realized no actually you really can help people but what you just said there is absolutely right I think sadly sometimes these spaces can be too much about oh woe is me and oh this is terrible and then everyone else jumps in and goes oh god yeah this my life's terrible too and it just creates this big black cloud over something that is not going to help you know you're not going to help anybody by bringing a black cloud yeah so my vision is to have a I just I've said it already a hug for the terrified and it really is just a space that's much more about uplifting demystifying the anxiety yes acknowledging it yes yeah but doing something positive proactive with it and making you feel like you've got control because you will always get control yeah you know well see that's something I talk about is I think with anxiety and you know OCD and all these other horrendous labels is it is about control and when we realize that we have no control over anything well this is the problem isn't it the only person I have control over is me I can't control my environment I can't control the people in my life I can't control covid or anything and that can be really scary when you first realize but it's also so freeing well it is because I think you you realize you've got control a certain amount over how you respond to these kinds of things and that's my issue with with control yeah you can't control things you can't often even control your emotions on a day-to-day basis I can't control my kids never mind anything so but you do say to yourself okay the things I can't control why the hell am I keep you know bothering about it even just going back to flying you just talking about you know shutting the doors being in that plane for so many people and I know myself being one of them my biggest problem was having to give over control to some guy you know two guys up the front of the plane who I hadn't even seen yeah and I was going to suddenly have to trust them you know to get me from A to B and that's a horrible moment of, of giving over that control but I think so much of dealing with these kind of things COVID or flying or any other issue like that is getting to a point where pick your battles know what you can control and then the things that you can't control learn how to release that because you're absolutely right see that freedom that comes from not trying to control the things that you can't control you're fighting a losing battle yeah 
Yeah. Whereas if you put that energy into things that you can control, then yeah. you start having wins. And that's when life just opens right up for you. Yeah. And the other thing I say is, you know, it's not the event. It's it's like with me, if I take this back to the flying and that flight where I, you know, left the love of my life, it mm. wasn't, it's not that now. I survived that. I'm here. So I survived it. So it's not that that causes me to feel. It's my thoughts about that that are creating yeah. Now. it's your memories that's and, it you know, your, if i yeah. can respond and react in a different way then it just takes the power out of it and and that's absolutely i have a choice you know if i respond in a neutral even place or whether i react in an emotional overwhelming that's down to me yeah and that's it and i think now a really good place to build for you listen to me telling you you know oh, exactly you know way more than me, so but... much out of this I just think if you start thinking of ways to make it a pleasurable experience, and, and I mean, you know, pop your diazepams, yeah, great, but other things as well. Do it, do it in such a way that you're almost making it an experience of pampering. Because you're not so worried about the actual flight itself or the being on the plane, yeah. you're less needing the help with the, you know, all those kind of things, the yeah. technical things and whatnot. But I think it's the it's the lead up to the flight yeah. that's really bad for you. Yeah. And you're just expecting to feel awful. So maybe if you start to almost sort of chill like you're going to spa, I know that sounds ridiculous, but Not do something well. really, yeah. really wonderful for yourself in the lead up to it, you know, or take well, something with you on the plane yeah. that'll I'm make really you feel wonderful. My, my bestie, who, who we've known each other for forever. Our kids grew up together. Yeah, She's 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 coming as my carer. She's like, right, come on, let's do this together. So I haven't I seen it. her for the whole of COVID. So <gasps> not only am I gonna get to spend four days with my bestie, which is amazing. <sighs> we're flying there together. You know, oh, it's gonna be wonderful. We're, 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 we're not very good when we're together. We get up to all sorts of mischief, and that's the bit that I'm loving. They're the best friends to have, aren't they? <laughs> <Airport. laughs> so there's loads of stuff that I'm really really looking forward to yeah. oh I, do you know I think you're going to surprise yourself with this one I really do I think there's so much positivity surrounding it seeing your bestie it's going to get a bit messy yeah. and then seeing your daughter in her new house and everything oh honestly there's so much joy that yeah. you're going to take from that and it will be all over Facebook so everybody oh will. I look forward to seeing about it I really really do we'll all be cheering you on as well there will be times where I might have that you know glazed expression on my face <laughs> okay with that I've got nothing to hide but listen listen I can't thank you enough for jumping on that message oh it's been great come on here I really appreciate it. we need to do this a bit more often I need to get you on and talk about your stuff again because I've really I will be it. happy to honestly Jack, I just think you're amazing I really really do and can I just add as well I actually went to TA um, transactional analysis for many a year um, and she was just the loveliest lady and I mean she was nearly 80 oh, God. Um, when I was going to I absolutely amazing woman and you know she said something to me that stuck with me and I think TA is fantastic um, for figuring out a lot about why you behave in the way that you do and that whole parent-adult-child, um, because I think, unfortunately, sometimes when you're in suffering with anxiety, you think you're in your parent state or you think you're in an adult state, giving yourself what to do, but actually you're just being a terrified child, but you don't realise it. But anyway, the lady had said to me this fabulous thing, and honestly, you can 
take all my problems down in a nutshell in this one thing she said. So I'd sat there and I'd been telling her about, you know, I can't do this, I can't go out and I can't go here and I can't go there. And she just looked at me over her glasses and she just said, well, someone's got their knickers in a right old twist. <laughs> That's very, four years at university. I love it. <laughs> but the, just in that moment, I don't know, it just snapped something into me. Yeah. Because I just thought, oh my God, you know, here's me blowing up all these problems. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just that it was a really great moment. So I've I've got a lot of time for tea. I'm not I, saying tea is not much more complex than that, by the way. I know. Yeah, I, that's why I like it because there's diagrams and structure. I'm a very logical person, so I like that. And and I use mm -hmm. the parent-child ego a lot because mm -hmm. it is our child that's shit scared, and we oh, use, yeah. get angry with it instead of our parents being nurturing and giving ourselves a hug and understanding. In that moment, we are frightened and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about your group and it just being a hug, that's what we need to do with ourselves. We need to give ourselves love and compassion and, you know, be okay in the fear. Kindness. Kindness at the heart of everything. Yeah. Oh, Jackie, honestly, this has been so wonderful. Thank you I so, so thank much. Thank you enough for coming. In your, on your holiday in Ibiza as well. I really can't, can't believe I'm here, by the way. I, mean, I really can't. But. Well, I, I can't wait to get a bit of sunshine. My son spent most of his formative years in Ibiza. When space shut oh. down, he, he, he was not a happy bunny. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, he's lived the life then. <laughs> 34 and he spent every year twice a year opening parties closing oh. parties over in Ibiza he's yeah so oh I'm so jealous oh my god oh so, uh, we will do this again thank you so much thank you honestly Jackie it's been fabulous have a great day thank you thank bye. you bye 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 hey thanks for listening to this episode of the living life being human podcast Please follow on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it too. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching. Or you can visit my website, jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.